IATSE Local 212 represents over 1,000 artists, technicians, and craftspeople working in Southern Alberta's entertainment industry. In the screen industry, they serve projects with budgets ranging from $100,000 to $100 million. Recent increases to local production volumes have led to increased outreach and training. Uh, They promote respectful workplaces, safety, fairness, and first-rate benefits for their members. Local 212 is open to partnering with other industry stakeholders on training and marketing initiatives. They offer an informative set etiquette course each month, which is open to all. To learn more about them, please check out their website, iatsi212.com, or like and follow them on Facebook, Twitter, or Instagram. Hey, Scott, welcome back. Hey, Matt. Thanks, man. How are you? Uh, I'm well. How are you? I'm great. Uh, Welcome to the Alberta Filmmakers Podcast. Oh, yeah, that too. Right. Just people listening to this, presumably. Hopefully. Uh, I'm, I'm just excited to have you back because, because you, you had such a cool trip (laughs) in LA. You feel like a guest. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, But no, you're right. (laughs) It's true. Yeah. Um, yeah, I just got back from LA, um, which was your idea in the first place to to go there. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I'll take that. I'll take that credit. (laughs) So yeah, we're, we're, you know, we're, we're getting this next movie made um called Jonesen written by Kevin that I'm sure we'll talk a lot more about in the future but um something that you and I have really learned is that um is how important casting is yeah. not not just about finding the right you know the right fit for the role but um you know as far as attracting financing goes absolutely yeah right yeah. um and uh so yeah part of this part of this process is you know, trying to get some movie stars in this movie because mm-hmm. that's what funders care about, right? Right. Um, so that was why we brought on Carrie Rock, who's a who's a casting director in Los Angeles. Mm-hmm. Um, we we connected to her through Robert Cuffley um, because she cast some of his movies, uh, notably Ferocious, and uh, she's fucking incredible. Yeah, she's, yeah, she seems great. She's yeah. so I've, good. I've had lunch with her. You got to spend a lot of time I got to spend a lot of time yeah, with her. Yeah. yeah, she's like she's brutally honest in such a great way, right. and. Um, uh, she's got a great reputation down there, and she really understands uh, how collaborative the casting process is. Because mm. you, you and I have, have have tried to cast, you know, big names in movies before. Sure, and it's always kind of throwing darts at a board. It's just like, okay, you know, let's go to Brad Pitt. Not not actually, of course, but let's go to Brad Pitt and say, hey, we've got this movie. We'd like to offer you this much money. What do you think? And then he takes, you know, two weeks to read the script and then says no. Yeah. Okay, let's go to George Clooney. George, you know, we've got this script. You know, here's, we'd like to offer you this much money. Would you like to do it? And he takes two weeks. No. And then you're kind of guessing, like, who next? Who next? Who next? And she's got such a such a better process. It's so, she's she collaborates with the agents and with the managers to say, you know, I'm casting this movie. I'm casting, you know, all of these roles. Mm-hmm. Um, who on your roster would you like to to put up for it and, right. and and who else is available. And then they come in with um, maybe talent that's not quite as well known to say that I think they'd be a great fit. You know, sure. we're trying to, you know, boost this person's profile and, and she says, okay, well let's audition them. And, and what about Brad Pitt? And, and so it's, it's this, uh, it's this amazing process where the, the agents get excited about the script right. and they act as, shepherds and, and ambassadors for it instead of the gatekeepers saying, right. no, no, you can't access that person because right, they know right. already that they love it and they're thinking right. about this person for it. So really, really cool. So yeah, these, these three days were, were straight up auditions, uh, in Hollywood, which was, um, kind of a bucket list thing. Obviously yeah, it was, yeah, it was sure. a really How cool, cool process. That? Yeah, it was amazing. The, the other thing that, that, you know, from my perspective that that's been very interesting about it is 
it's it's a statement. You know, we talk about it. It's a buzz builder. It really is because because people in the know it's like this unspoken thing. It's like, okay, they're casting this movie. We're getting, we're getting composers from right. Japan or, or yeah. something like a variety like, reaching out to us. Too. Yeah, like, tell yeah, us yeah. more about this movie. What's going on? Like there's, there's agents, agents for like, uh, technical, technical crafts, crafts, people saying any, any interest, like, can I, can you know, you know, hi, what's going hi, on? Yeah. Like, Here's my resume it, and it, I want to work on your movie. Yeah. With you. And not just, yeah, I, I thought like, and, and not just people like individuals, but like, I didn't even really know there was an agent, agency for DOPs and things like that. Right. Like that, that those people are reaching out. Right. That's, that's very cool. And, and it just, you know, goes to show, and it's something that we're still learning is you kind of just will a movie into existence. Right. Right. Yeah. Right. I mean, you have to have, you know, you have to have a good script and you have to have good material to prove um, that you know what you're doing. And, you know, we've got, we've got a feature film under our belt now to, to be able to prove that we can make one. But, you know, we didn't get that, that telefilm. Okay. Here's a million dollars. Here's a green light. For it, and because you piece financing together from so many different places, um, you just kind of go. Mm-hmm. You just go and you you make it, and then and then the chips fall into place, you know, as the train's moving, which is seems to be the way it is. And, and, it, and fascinating, it's, it is fascinating, and it's so and, and it's so indicative, uh, not indicative, but parallel to the creative process too, which is like you know a script becomes one thing and then it changes and changes. Oh totally, yeah, it morphs as it goes, and it changes on set, and then it yeah. changes in the editing room again. So. Uh, so yeah, it's a, it's a little microcosm for that. Totally. Um, yeah. Good tacos again. Good. Yeah. <laughs> Legit tacos. Um, it's different as a vegetarian. You don't necessarily yes. get to try all the, the bevy of tacos, but shit, man. Yeah. The tortillas, even just the shells down there. Like you can't mm-hmm. get that here. Right. <laughs> yeah. Excellent tacos. Alrighty. Well, uh, we've got, uh, an exciting guest and a, and a great episode ahead here. So let's jump into it. Sure. Uh, yeah. What's going on? Uh, this is something pretty cool. Uh, APTN has launched a database for indigenous filmmakers, which, uh, this feels like a no brainer now that, now that they mention it, but <laughs> right. so, uh, if you identify as first nations or Inuit or Métis and are working in any capacity in film or television, uh, consider registering with them. Uh, so you can contact database at aptn.ca uh, and they'll send you a form that you can fill out and uh, get added to the database. It's really smart. That's cool. Yeah. Uh, some announcements from the uh, Can- uh, from the Canada Media Fund um, about their 2018-2019 budget. Um, they've recently announced new guidelines for the this 2018-2019 fiscal year, and they're also announcing it is uh, committing uh, $352 million to invest in Canada's television and digital media industry. Um CMF something that I I think you know at least for me I, you know we don't is kind of under our radar a little bit but yeah. there's a lot of money there if yeah totally you know if uh, if you want to go after it there are some challenges about um, uh, you know accessing it sometimes you need to have you know a property right like like yeah. a TV series or, or right. something or, like or a digital ver- yeah right for the digital component. side of things right. but. Um, but yeah, it's something I think we should all be a little more uh, plugged aware into. Of. Yeah. yeah, and they do tours like they they come yeah, around. Yeah, that's right. And they that's right. We, we we attended one once. It was pretty yeah. interesting. Uh, what's cool too is that they're um, they're continuing their push to increase gender balance um, and, and creating a minimum allocation for uh, projects um, where at least forty percent of the total number of positions are held by women. Uh, so that's cool that they're it's still not quite um, at parity yet but they're you know the push continues which is great to see from the man telefilm so it's exciting awesome uh yeah a ton of ton of new stuff um so i would recommend going to uh the cmf website which is uh, cmf-fmc.ca and uh check out all the new changes to their guidelines 
this is big news. Uh, it's been it's been on uh, a lot of platforms, a lot of um, news sources for the film and television industry in, in Canada. New uh, president of the CBC, Catherine Tate, uh, taking uh, that role. Um, and she becomes the first woman uh, to hold the top role at Canada's public broadcaster. Uh-huh. Um, yeah, so that's exciting. Yeah, very exciting. That's cool. Um, yeah, kind of a new a new era. Yeah, could be. Could be. Um, and that's kind of the news. That's we'll see. We'll see. Yeah, we'll see what that means. Yeah. But uh, in the meantime, we have Barry Thorson on the show. Long, long over, overdue. Long overdue. Yeah, yes, we were going to say the same time. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, you know, uh, I mean, we should let him speak for himself. It was a great. It was a great chat. It really was. But uh, uh, Barry is the executive director of the CSIF, um, uh, which is Calgary's Fava. If you're listening in Edmonton, um, and uh, he's uh, he's we talk like he's new to the role, but he's not. It's been it's been two years now that he's yeah. been running it. So I mean, yes and no, because. It's a big role to step into. It is true. It's true. Right. It's yeah. not like you're going to be able to speak eloquently and, and with knowledge about about the organization right, right. when you're new to it. Like right. he, there was a true. lot to learn. This is true, and not to mention, and I, I don't know if we talk about it in the conversation, but uh, there was no ED. There was no, no executive yeah, director a, you're position. Totally so right. Creating a new position is is a whole other learning yeah, curve too. So yeah, for him to figure out what that meant, and also to you know really like understand the history of the organization and mm-hmm. um, and the mission and 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 trying to steer a ship that you're you've just stepped onto right yeah, like, totally yeah it's a it's a tall order for sure and and he's so great at it and he and, is yeah he's and i think calgary and southern alberta filmmakers are really lucky to have him um and uh he's a great storyteller which you'll find out so barry thorson you've been on you've actually you're in the two-timer club uh, now three times uh, on the show. Not many people can say that, but we've never done an I episode. I can say that. Ju- oh, yeah. <laughs> yes, <laughs> definitely. Uh, we've never done an episode just about you, or or in this case about the CSIF. So I would love to to share with our listeners. Um, you know, we talk a lot about the CSIF. We're we're pretty uh, transparent on the show that we're on the board, and we're you know we we like to share what's going on, of course. But we've never really done an episode that's just about you know how to become a member and what is the CSIF and. Um, and also who is the new executive director of the CSF. So uh, there's a new executive director. <laughs> I guess it's not new. I anymore. feel like this, yeah, this yeah. episode <laughs> could have happened a long time ago, but <laughs> <laughs> what a way to find out. Yeah. <laughs> so, so, but by that, I mean, I'd like to start with you first oh, before okay. we dig into sure. all the CSIF stuff. So tell us about you. What's your, what's your journey to get where you, you are today? Well, I am the uh, new CSIF executive director. As <laughs> How of, long has it been? Two years? Two I guess? years. Yeah. February 16th, right. 2016. Not that has it already been two years? Yeah. Wow, damn. We've crossed that threshold. So That's exciting. We're uh, longer than some marriages. Most marriages. Indeed. Probably, right? Indeed yeah. Yeah. Yeah, especially with millennials these days. <laughs> yes, kids these days. <laughs> uh, yeah, so uh, my, my uh, personal background is uh, live theater. Right. That's where I started. Uh, that's where I've trained. So I've trained as an actor. And uh, you, as you probably are aware, neither of you are actors or try to make your living as actors, but uh, you have to diversify pretty quickly if right. you want to survive. So um, as I was uh, auditioning for live theater and the odd film and television thing up in Edmonton and then later Calgary, I started writing some stuff, uh, uh, historical vignettes, uh, you know, up in Edmonton, Um uh, taught some storytelling classes, uh, directed, instructed. I was a puppeteer. Oh I, wow, a puppeteer! I was a puppeteer. Yeah, <laughs> like uh, what with, kind? Like like hand puppets or yeah, hand puppets. Or? Yeah. With, oh my uh, god. A company up in Edmonton called Cambridge uh, Productions. Okay. So 
there's a uh, uh, family up in Edmonton, uh, the Ryan family, uh, Tim Ryan, who passed away a number of years ago, uh, used to run the Grant McEwen Theatre Arts Program. Okay, okay. Leave it to Jane Theatre was uh, his baby. And one of the other things they had was a, uh, a children's puppet. They were puppet-making extraordinaires. Cool. And so I worked with them on a couple of occasions doing Jack and the Beanstalk. And oh, cool. Various other things. So uh, so all that added up to about 20 plus years as a freelance theater artist. Cool. And uh, and also did some video uh, work. Right. Some, uh, you know, collecting people's personal stories and transferring it onto DVD for them. Right. Um, and then I worked at uh, Telspark Science Center managing the giant screen theater there in the Digital Dome and wanted to uh, learn how to run an organization myself. Saw the posting for CSIF ED and had an interview with you, Matt yeah. Waterworth, <laughs> among uh, some other people, and that's how I got here. Yeah, yeah. Uh, what, 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 you were in Edmonton originally, though, right? And so that's where, what, yeah. What was the transition to Calgary? Here. Oh, okay. Uh, went up to Edmonton to finish grade twelve, right? And then, oh. um, and then did university. So I did the BFA acting program at U of A. Right. And the theater scene in Edmonton is pretty strong. It's strong here too, but uh, yeah. And back then, back in the late '80s, early '90s, like Edmonton was like a destination. It was a mecca. Right. And the Phoenix Theater, Citadel Theater, uh, the Fringe Festival, all of that yeah. stuff. It was a really, and it was the Oilers' sort of glory days. So right. Gretzky was still playing. Yeah, I believe was uh, in Edmonton, but um, yeah, Edmonton was a. A city uh, of champions, a thriving yeah. uh, arts and you know, sports. Yeah, yeah, it, yeah. Uh, sports and city. festival city. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, uh, do you happen to know Greg Dowler Coltman? Yeah, yeah. You do? Yeah. Well, I can't believe we've never talked about this. He was my teacher at Vic. Oh, okay. For yeah. three years, he taught me directing one hundred and one. Yeah. yeah, yeah. He's. Uh, uh, I probably know him most through Arts Trek. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Because uh, I don't think he's involved with Arts Trek anymore, right. but he was. Back in the day, and cool. uh, I've taught there a couple of times. My one of my daughters is going for the oh, second sure. second year this summer. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, Greg uh, and Vic Comp. He yes, was, uh, he yeah. ran. Did you run that program at Vic Comp? Yeah, yeah. He was the theater. Yeah, he which he, was yeah. I think one of the nicest theaters in the province was at that high school. Eva O Howard Theater. Yeah, yeah. yeah it's pretty incredible. Yeah, gorgeous facility. <laughs> yeah. It's still around. I hope. Yeah, I'm yeah. sure it's been renovated a little bit. But I remember when I was a student there. I forget what the show was, but the show called for sand. It was all set on a beach. And so they brought, they trucked in sand on, on beach the, blanket bingo, maybe. I don't know what, I don't know what it was. Uh, I can't believe I can't remember it, but, but it, it was Endgame crazy. By Samuel Beckett. Oh, I don't know. Maybe, maybe. that doesn't, but uh, I'll just keep listening. Yeah. <laughs> yes. 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 Plays with sand. Yeah. But it was, it was crazy to have all that sand yeah. on the, on the, Stage and it's and I, I know for months after they were still finding grains. Oh, stage, yeah, <laughs> stage techs hate that. Yeah, yeah, because you pine sand for years. <laughs> yeah, of course. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, so when did this transition back to Calgary happen? After I broke up with one of the Ryan girls, oh. <laughs> that's, how I was, I was, that's how I got to do puppet uh, shows. Ah, uh, it's funny because I just saw her. Again, after years, uh, she has a, a gallery in Canmore. Oh. Um, we were in Canmore yesterday, uh, Piper's birthday, my daughter. Oh, really? Oh. She turned one yesterday. Wow. Oh, wow. Um, happy birthday, so Piper. I, yeah, happy birthday, Piper. <laughs> <laughs> and then, uh, so I popped in the gallery, and, and Bridget was there and said hi. So that was uh, that was in 94, I think 94. Okay. I got a contract to work for two shows at Lunchbox Theater. 
and uh, but I was living in Edmonton, so they, you know, I think they gave me like a hundred dollar moving allowance. Oh, sweet! So it was like, oh wow! So I moved down to uh, to Calgary. <laughs> That's like and, the uh, truck and, and half the gas. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> that was. I, I don't even think I spent a hundred <laughs> to move. Wow! Um, I didn't have any stuff. You know, mm, right. I think I brought a bed. I think right, it was right. Just easier to get one when I'm down there. Right, sure. Um, so that would have been about ninety four, I think. Okay. And then, uh, yeah, worked as uh, as an actor, started working for Theater Calgary and various other theater companies in town. Did um, oh, what was that uh, show? There was a series, Tom Stone. Yeah, yeah. I think I worked on that as an actor. Oh, nice. Uh, cool. Worked on Viper as an actor. Wow. Because they oh, shot damn. a season here. Oh, yeah, I remember. Yeah. 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 I I was so I was so stupid at the time that my mom told me they were filming this Hollywood show called Viper about a sports car. And so I just assumed that every sports car that I saw was the show. And I was, I would always look for cameras around whenever I saw sports cars. Like that's Viper. Cause I was dumb. Yeah. That's yeah. funny. Well, you were Still also have, probably yeah. in I was younger. grade four. I was younger. Yeah. No. Oh, God, well, yeah. maybe actually, yeah, that's right. I didn't, uh, this is one of my favorite stories of, and I tell this to students and they go, Oh my God. But I made more on two days of Viper than it cost me to go to university for three years. What? Yeah. Well, for real? Did you have a speaking was, I did. Oh. oh okay. I was a, uh, I was a, a, a recurring character. Wow. Um, the, the shortened version of the story, how long is this podcast? Long <laughs> it's fine. Uh, we can do a three-parter. Uh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> they, um, uh, they were in town uh, shooting and they weren't casting very much locally at all. Small, small, Right, parts, extra right, parts. and it was May, and we had one of those classic surprise May snowfalls. Ah. and they were supposed to be shooting exteriors uh, this one um, Thursday morning, and we everybody the city woke up to a blanket of snow, Ugh. and they went, "We can't clear this. We have to shoot uh, Friday's stuff today." Okay, so it was in a bar on First Street, and the actor that they had hired to play the bartender, the badass bartender, was based in Vancouver. So he had a contract. He was hired, but there was no way to get him here in time. In time, right? So they called a uh, a local casting director and said, "Send you know six actors down to audition on the spot for this role." Whoa, cool! And uh, so she picked five that were similar type to the guy that they hired in Vancouver. And then right. she called me as a friend and said, nice. "Would you mind just going and filling my quota?" I need six. <laughs> yeah. I need six. Or I won't get paid. I'll buy you lunch. And I said, "Okay, sure." So I went down. Oh, that's awesome! And I, I you know, they give you the sides right there. Yeah. And, you know, we're all sort of standing around, and, and I'm looking at it. I, thought, I don't have time to learn anything, so I just left the sides. Didn't realize uh, like you're auditioning on set as they're setting it up. So <laughs> like, uh, that's the grips are setting the lights, and yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and this short, uh, short Jewish guy, you know, with dark curly hair, very quiet. I'm reading off of him, and so uh, you know, and I, I didn't know my lines. I just thought I knew I was supposed to be mean, right? And so I was kind of barking at him and pushing him a little bit across the bar, and, right? And just being a general asshole behind the bar. Finished, and then they came back, and I was standing there waiting to go home. <laughs> and a first AD came down and said, "Who's Barry?" <laughs> I said, me? And he goes, hair, wardrobe, go, 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 go. <laughs> oh, oh, my God. God. So he ran me in, put a leather jacket on me, like gave me a scar, slicked my hair back. And they're just finishing the makeup. And the guy that I read against comes and sits down beside me. And he introduces himself. He's the producer, director of Viper <laughs> in from L.A. Oh, my God. And he goes, that was a great audition. Wow. I said, oh, uh, thanks. <laughs> and he said, you've acted before. Uh. <laughs> and I said, 
Yeah, I'm, I'm, Wait, I would hope so. I'm an actor. Yeah, I'm here for the audition. <laughs> and he said, yeah, I could tell. I could tell. That was really good. And the I other thought, five had an actor thought, before. <laughs> what kind of reaction is this? And then I got on set to shoot, you know, to start shooting the scene. Yeah. And I realized I was surrounded by models who don't act. Oh, of course. Like the yeah, entire yeah. principal cast were really beautiful people. Right, oh. right, right. Um, and, uh, so it know, was a surprise that you've acted before. It was before. a surprise yeah. that I knew how to act and <laughs> right. that I knew how to improvise and riff and impress him and do all of those things. And Amazing. Nice. So I got that day in May. And then um, and then the the nice coda to the story is uh, that later that summer I went to Ireland for two months on a cycling trip and thought, oh, I don't really want to be an actor anymore. That's not my life. Hmm. I think I'm going to stop and you know, write. That's what I'm going to do. I'm going to write. And then uh, little did I know that what I had shot in May was part one of a two-part series. And this bartender was due back. Oh, my God. Nobody had told <laughs> they me. They didn't tell you this? I didn't have an agent, right? Because I had just sort of stepped right, in. Right, right. So nobody was representing huh. me. And, and uh, you know, when I got back off the plane from Ireland, the casting director for Viper was standing there with a script. At the airport? At Waiting the airport. for you? Yeah, she had called my mom. Oh, no. And I said, well, he's in, he's in Ireland. Like, <laughs> You know, and there's no cell phones in that time. Oh, right. And so they delayed shooting because continuity, no. they needed me back. Because it was I was about two. to say, thank God your trip didn't coincide yeah, with the <laughs> So I came back and there she was. And, and I said, oh, um, hi. And she said, you know, like, I'm getting off the plane. Hair was, makeup now. <laughs> very close. And she said, uh, we've rearranged the schedule. You shoot tomorrow. Oh, my God. Here's your script. Unreal. And I said... I've just been on this soul-searching journey. I've I been don't cycling. do that anymore. I don't think I want to really act any. Can I think about it? She said, we'll give you principal rate and a 200% buyout. Holy shit. And I just went, click, 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 click. For a day. That's going to pay for my trip yeah. right there. There you go. And yeah. so so those two days, yeah, were unbelievable. Unreal. I earned more on yeah. those two days than, than my tuition. tuition for three years. Unreal. Wow. So, yeah, wow. That's incredible. <laughs> and it was a terrible show. It was just a horror. Yeah. I finally saw it late night. You know, like I didn't get a copy of it. Uh, yeah, yeah. My voice got overdubbed. What? So I sounded really mean. <laughs> what? Yeah. Not even your voice. So this big guy with a scar and the slick back hair. And... <laughs> oh my God. We got to find it. Uh, yeah, no doubt. We got to find, yeah. find it. Yeah. Because I think they shot uh, season two in Vancouver and then it was okay. gone. But right. season one was shot. Yeah. Here, so. hmm. Yeah, look for it. Find it. That's wow. So yeah, funny. that'd be amazing. <laughs> Tina probably has some. Yeah, Tina's <laughs> yeah, got it for sure. What a great story. So is that it? We done? Yeah, that's, that's it, yeah. that. Well, I mean, I think so. That's <laughs> yeah. that's a pretty amazing story. Uh, so, but no, do we know how you came back to Calgary? Uh, Did we actually? Yeah, I just Lunchbox, came back. Yeah. Uh, oh, okay. I had a gig at Lunchbox Theater okay. and and uh, needed to get out of Edmonton. Cool. And, cool. and um, yeah, so great. That's, that's All right. So the other interesting thing is the Telus Dome Theater. Yeah. What, what was that all about? Because that's that's a unique kind of corner of filmmaking that doesn't get as much attention totally. because it's such a unique thing. Yeah. I, uh, uh, they had just rebuilt that science center and, um, and I, when I was trying to find a job for the first time in my adult life, you know, kids growing up, I wanted to have benefits. Yeah. Right. I kept sending letters saying, you know, 20 years experience. Right. And they kept writing back going, well, they didn't, they, one time they wrote back saying, we don't have anything for somebody with 20 years. <laughs> right. And then they had a posting for a, uh, the, the dome theater, uh, like supervisor. I thought, screw it, I'm going to apply. So I went, interviewed, got, I said, I, you know, they said, what do you know about giant screen filmmaking? I said, nothing. <laughs> I said, what do you know about uh, digital planetarium? I said, 
nothing. Who knows something <laughs> yeah, really. about digital planetariums? <laughs> and I went, mm. and I said, but I, I know audiences, and I know what works inside a theater, and this is a theater, and you got a brand new audience, and you got great technology, and right. you know, I know how to make it work. I'll figure it out. And so uh, they took a risk. Wow, cool. Hired me. So the job was, uh, uh, it was the giant screen sort of IMAX style film. We weren't an IMAX theater, but that was the venue in Calgary. Right. Um, uh, although it was, uh, they all had to get sort of adapted to fit the dome screen from a, a giant flat. Right. So the company that provides all the uh, hardware and software for the digital dome is based in Utah, and they also do conversions. Oh, okay. So I would attend the giant screen conferences, and right. I'd go, oh, let's get this film and this film. And then I would call our rep in uh, in Utah and say, can you convert these two titles? And he would know immediately if they would convert or not. Right, because there's so few that... Yeah, there's some that uh, if they were in 4-3 aspect ratio, it was harder. Right. If they were in a letterbox ratio, it was easier. If they were you know, captured in 4K, then it was easier. If they were captured on film, it was harder. It was right, right. All those things. But hmm. most of the titles that we wanted to bring in, we could bring in. Cool. And then the second half of the programming was uh, live planetarium shows. So that's okay. where my theater background came in. Lots of storytelling and flying people, literally flying them through the known universe. All right. Oh, wow. Cool. Cool. That's awesome. Talk to us about that system because it's not just like you showing a video, right? It's an interactive, yeah. like you can control it. Yeah. Right. There's like a real universe in it. Yeah. It's a, uh, uh, the Evans and Son, the Digistar system. Um, and I was just reading the, uh, do you know Creativity Inc.? This book oh, yeah, by yeah. Ed Catmull? Yeah. I just Disney. finished reading it. Yeah. I haven't so, read it myself, but I did. I think I have it on my shelf, uh, but I haven't started it's it yet. It's about Disney, right? Pixar, yeah. Pixar, yeah. He okay. the president, he's the president of yeah. Pixar. Uh, he uh, was in, at University of Utah in the in the 70s, and it was one of three or four schools in the States that had computer graphics. Okay. Uh, a programming computer graphics training. Um, and his two of his instructors uh, were Evans and Sutherland, Professors Evans and Professor Sutherland. And they're the ones, they started off this company, which is now called Evans and Sutherland, uh, doing um, uh, 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 aviation graphics to uh, simulators, a flight simulator. Oh, right. oh okay, yeah, gotcha. Um, and there was a, one person in the company who had a real curiosity about uh, astronomy. So that person began to develop these uh, digital um, libraries and data sets for stars and planets and the more information that you could get. And, and NASA would make all of their... Uh, information public right. domain, cool. so right. you could import, um, you know, uh, uh, not quite. What do they call it? Where, you're, um, where you have uh, uh, on your phone, you can look up the numbers of like coordinates or coordinates. Yeah. Think, think in quadrants, coordinates. Um, and so they would have a number of models, three D models inside the system, uh, and you know, in different color coding. And so you, you know, you'd have a model of a uh, a red giant. Star, you'd have a model of a class five planet, you'd have a model of right. something like that, and then um, sort of where they all are relative to each other. Uh, and so the uh, Digistar just sort of becomes this um, this POV, this camera, if you will, that you tell to fly, and you say you program it to say you know take me to uh, one uh, two radius out from Saturn. So it'll position itself that way and now revolve around Saturn. Wow, cool. So you have a 3D model based on all the information that, let's say, Cassini had brought back from Saturn. So right. those images are 
layered on top of the 3D model. Wow. And you fly around it. And Unreal. You say, now fly me to uh, the Andromeda galaxy. Wow. So you're flying at like a thousand times the speed sure, of light. Right? right. You know, and so you have all these stars whizzing by and then you land and you can get a sense of what this galaxy or what this uh, nebula would look like. Um, and how much of it is like um, renderings based on speculation and how much of it is like if you if you see these stars whizzing by, is it just a graphic or are those yeah. real stars? Like that? no, those are those are graphics. Right. So it's uh, it's essentially taking you to, um, you know, it comes into play if you want to get close up to right. a uh, Beetlejuice, sure. Let's say, um, and then uh, and then you, the you know because when you get close up, you're not going to see anything else. You're just going to have the screen filled with this big red, yeah, you know, pulsating giant star. Then if you want to uh, look at a constellation, let's say, uh, you know, the Andromeda constellation, then you're back far enough to see that constellation. You can fly to the different stars within that constellation oh my God, or, or Orion. Um, or you can say, I want to fly, look at Orion, the way we all know it looks like now with yeah. its belt and its three stars. But what if I take my POV away, my POV away from Earth and look at it from Pluto? So right, and then Orion sort of becomes all this. this cool, yeah. oh, interesting. So you can do you know those sorts of wow. things. Wow, hmm. and that's um, based on data about the, with coordinates and stuff. So yeah, exactly. Right. Yeah. So you just punch in uh, the system. It's still pretty complicated, but the the more you use it, and Esther, who was uh, we hired here to do our um, uh, FileMaker database, yeah, she uh, sort of cracked that system like nobody else I oh, know cool, cool. in like less than a year. She right. sort of kept working at it and she was doing things with digistar that uh our you know uh, retired astronomer that was on staff had been working on digistar since the the digistar one right we were on digistar five and uh he said i've never seen this sort of wow cool you know somebody playing like this right. before because she wasn't an astronomer right right sort of like a visual an artist explorer kind of, yeah, yeah. So yeah. she could do all that star stuff interesting but she could also like well what if we had like yeah. you know sort of everything going dark right day, right you know in this slow time lapse or something like so, that. So to that end, you could create these experiences for the audience. Yeah. That's cool. And that's where it got really cool, working with somebody like Esther, because I didn't know how to do most of that. Right. I could import scripts, because you just write these scripts and plug it in and press go. And it'll fly here, here, And here, I here, can here. import them and tweak them a little bit, uh, but I didn't know how to like be really creative within that. Right, right, right. She, fa- she figured it out. Cool. So I would write text, and she would create images. We did one show that way. And then the second show, I said, you create the images first, and then I'll write the cool. text ah. to what you've done. So they were like, uh, you know, 40-minute shows. And is um, it you speaking live or someone speaking? We'd, uh, we'd, there was uh, presenters. So <laughs> okay. I've, I sort of did the first few, and then I would cool. direct uh, the presenter team awesome. in them so, and just do it like a show. Oh, I'm yeah. kind of sad that I don't that experience is gone. Like but that. they're still running the show. Yeah, that's uh, you right. Can, yeah. You can go and see it. So right. the show that Esther and I built. No, but I want your yeah. version of it. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> you want me doing it? Well, nobody, yeah. nobody can experience that anymore. That's yeah. Fun. So it was, uh, yeah, it, was a, it was a good gig. But yeah, cool. Yeah. So what made you switch over to uh, the CSIF? Um, I was stuck in sort of middle management there. Like I saw the potential for that theater to grow. Right. Um, and, uh, you know, I was having conversations with um, Matt, Joe Media, to do a big project. And senior management and, and the executive at the Science Center were going, mm, no, that's mm. not where we want our energies to go. Or mm. we're focused over on all the stuff on this side of the building. And so I found that, you know, I was just like stalling out. And that theater is kind of off 
by itself too yeah. in a weird way. Yeah. And it's not like, yeah, I mean, at the old world of science, you had, you could see that concrete dome, yeah. right? And I didn't even know that there was a, a new planetarium yeah, in yeah, there until yeah. we were shooting a video for Spark. Yeah. And we were like, yeah. oh, what? Oh my God, it's amazing. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. You guys were in there shooting. Yeah. 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 Uh, so yeah, it just, you know, where I thought it could go and where they wanted it to go or what they were willing to invest in, we just could not come to an agreement. Right. I thought, well, I can stay here and just sort of keep doing this and and start getting bored and complacent. Right. Or, um, you know, I I felt I had the energy and the willingness to lead something. Um, so when I saw the opportunity for CSIF, I thought, I know enough people in that field. I'm not a filmmaker by any stretch of the imagination, but I, you know, I understand the artist's journey. I understand storytelling. Um, and I want to learn how to lead an organization and, and so that when there is somebody on the team who does have a great idea, facilitating that as opposed right. to saying, no, that's not what we're about right. anymore. Right. Yeah. So, uh, so that's why I made the transition to, to this. Well, I think in your role, you're definitely a filmmaker, at least according to our definition on the podcast here. You know, everyone from oh, yes. government support is a filmmaker and so on and so forth. But I think you definitely were a filmmaker. You're creating experiences for audiences using a film theater and, and you a were... A visual medium. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, that's... And Telling stories and, and... How rare an opportunity to do that. Like, I don't even know if Edmonton has a, a theater like that. They're they? getting it. They? Uh, the uh, Edmonton Science Center had a... Um, uh, more of an analog uh, dome. Uh, uh, they had an IMAX screen. They had a giant and, IMAX yeah, screen. Yeah, and so their giant IMAX screen did, is going yeah. gangbusters. Right, right, right. Because they revamped that and they've okay. got a full-on digital IMAX. And they do Dunkirk there or whatever yeah, some, they'll, sometimes. they'll yeah. do like the 40-minute science documentaries right. uh, plus, uh, you know, you can watch Dunkirk or right. Star Wars or whatnot there. Um, but they're just uh, rebuilding their planetarium so they're going oh, to get okay. a digital planetarium cool um with you know the latest 8k technology right right but um, it, yeah my point is how rare an opportunity to to work in that particular yeah. medium they're just i mean yeah, i just, guess there's a conference but but those are probably everybody that's everybody that does it yeah, yeah. but they're, yeah. yeah but that's a giant screen so that's a lot of flat screen imax people right. those of us there would always be dome day at the gsca oh, okay. conference okay. and it'd be like a fraction of the delegates right show right up because they didn't have a dome <laughs> right gotcha uh, and so the immersa conference i was talking about this with uh, brett is a uh, a conference that's all about immersive theater okay and, uh, and VR headsets, so building content in a 360-degree uh, format. Right. Um, domes have been doing that for, you know, 50 years. Right, right. Uh, and now that digital domes are becoming more and more um, prominent on the landscape, then, you know, you can create digital content in an immersive environment. Right. So, you know, something that you want to build for a 360 for a, for a VR experience should be transferable in a public forum like right. a digital dome. Cool. And vice versa. Anything that's built for a digital dome should be transferable to a, a cool. VR headset. Interesting. Hmm. That's awesome. All right. So let's talk about the CSIF. Oh, yeah. Right, right. What is the CSIF? I don't know. <laughs> oh, oh, shit. My what job. Deep question. <laughs> my J-O-B. My Calgary yeah. Society of Independent Filmmakers is a, uh, a, a seasoned organization, 40 years this 40 year, years, yeah. um, that has uh, been fueling filmmakers. Uh, 
So, uh, and supporting storytellers and, you know, sort of connecting the cinematic community. I know that's our mission, but that's really what we, that is, what yeah. CSIF has right. been doing for 40 years. So, um, if you can think back to the late seventies and, you know, if you two were starting out and wanted to be filmmakers and, you know, uh, you have maybe not forming a company yet, but, uh, you know, wanted to shoot something on film, how would you have gone about doing that? Right. You know, you may have been able to find yourself a Super 8 camera. Yeah. Um, but probably not an editing table or an editing suite of some kind. Right. So, uh, and who do you talk to? How do you do it? Mm-hmm. You know, so. Um, Google's not around. Google's no, Google not around. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, Canada Council, I think, in, you know, around that time, finally uh, started funding media arts and film arts uh, as part of their mandate. So right. money became available after a lot of uh, lobbying from uh, different or- cities across the country. Right. Um, so CSIF uh, emerged around the same time as like the Winnipeg uh, Film Group and okay. uh, Toronto's Lyft and oh, cool. one in Halifax. And so uh, first and foremost, getting uh, equipment acquisition money so you could buy some equipment, have a society so it's all dealt with responsibly, and then people can come and borrow it. Right. Um, at little or no cost and start seeding and developing independent filmmakers within each city. So that's how it uh, began. Right. Um, and then the uh, 15 years later, they um, started the film festival, $100 film festival, to right. showcase, you know, and to prove to everybody that, you know, you didn't have to be, you know, well-funded to make a film. You could do it for 100 bucks. Right, right. Um, and that has uh, grown. So between uh, CSIF and that festival, Filmmakers are uh, supported. They're able to um, shoot whatever. If they want to shoot on film, they still can. If they, yeah. Most of them are shooting on, on digital now. Um, and they, uh, you know, we have member screenings, uh, workshops, um, everything that you would need to either get started or deepen or uh, mentor somebody else in the field of independent filmmaking. Cool. That sounds about right. That's, yeah. Uh, yeah. I think cool that board. covers it. Yeah. Yeah. A great board too. Yeah. 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 Hey everybody. Just want to take a quick sec uh, from this awesome conversation with Barry to tell you about the Calgary Film Center. Uh, if you haven't heard about the Calgary Film Center, you must, uh, you must go research and find out more about it uh, because uh, it is a godsend for Alberta and something that we've been trying to get in this province for, I think it was probably 30 years and finally happened just a couple of years ago. Uh, So we're so pleased to have a world-class screen-based production facility that is suitably equipped and serviced so that you can execute your next project with ease. Uh, The Film Center has 50,000 square feet of purpose-built sound stages and 25,000 square feet of multi-purpose warehouse and workshop spaces, complemented by their anchor tenant, William F. White, who is Canada's oldest and largest provider of professional uh, movie equipment. Uh, At the Film Center, their aim is to deliver production support for international uh, screen industry projects as well as national ones and, of course, local ones uh, in a purpose-built venue that is designed to service every individual client's specific needs. Uh, They also deliver programs to engage and support innovation and excellence in the film and television industry, most recently the Project Lab, uh, which you should follow along because it uh, could be a source of funding for your project in the future. Uh, You can find out more about the Film Center at calgaryfilmcenter.com. So, uh, so what, what do I do if I want to become a member today? How does that work? Uh, you find $40 uh, 
And uh, that is a uh, your uh, entry level membership fee, um, and it's open to anybody. You don't have to have any experience. Uh, you can have like an inkling that maybe you would like to. Maybe you're not a filmmaker, but a film lover. Uh, maybe you think these people are cool. You want to hang out. So right. for forty dollars, it gets you your annual membership. Uh, you attend an orientation session, which we offer at the beginning of the month, every month, uh, and that's just sort of a nice blanket covering of what the organization does, what is available to you as a member, how you can uh, sort of bump up your membership to a production level. Um, It's also a great place to meet all the brand new members for that month. Yep. You meet uh, a bunch of other people who are like you going, "Mm, I'm curious about this. What is this? Uh, What what is in it for me? Um, And then from there, you are starting to connect to people, to ideas, to skills, to equipment. to uh, an audience uh, and you know it's a it's a hard enough racket to get into without uh, a network of support so CSIF provides that network of support that um, you know just helps you get going cool yeah. something that uh, you know we, we communicate with a lot of prospective SAIT students and the SAIT film and video program and the TV program they're very highly subscribed um, and so whenever we speak with somebody who says, oh, well, I didn't get in, um, you know, we'll write a letter of reference or whatever it is. And, and, and we always say, well, you can do your own film school kind of, and CSIF is a big part of that. And so what, what would the journey be for someone like that? Who is like, I'm really serious about this and I didn't get into film school and, but maybe, or, or doesn't have an interest in film school. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Yeah. What's, what's the yeah, that's path sort of, for them? That's like, put the ind- that puts the independent back in. Right, right. Society of Independent yeah, Filmmakers. Sure, yeah. So, uh, so we have, uh, you know, I would suggest starting with some basic workshops. Um, so learn how, if you want to take a screenwriting workshop, we have a, a preeminent screenwriter in Calgary <laughs> has been teaching that for a couple of years. Yeah, Jason yeah. Long. I mean, yeah. that's an incredible uh, coup for CSIF to for have sure. somebody with his chops um, giving his time yeah. uh, uh, and his knowledge uh, on a regular basis. So uh, you can start there. Everything starts with a good story and learn how to put things together. And then you can, uh, from there, take, uh, you know, become comfortable with grip and lighting or sound or the cameras, take workshops on that, learn how to block actors. Right, right, right. Uh, let's say you need to find some money to make your film. We offer workshops and uh, seminars in grant writing. Right. Where to go with it. Or you finish your film and now what do I do with it? You can take a master class in you know, film festival submissions, right. where do you send it? So we touch on uh, all of the things that you can uh, do to get sort of a basic introduction. Um, and then some things are a bit more advanced. Uh, if you want to work with a higher-end camera, uh, our Scarlet, uh, uh, Red Scarlet, then you can take a workshop that is mandatory in order for you to be able to operate it. Right. Um, and then your finished product is that much more uh, beautiful and sharp. And uh, the upside of this that that you know a film school doesn't offer is you're kind of you're kind of locked into you're going to learn it all whether you want to or not. So at film school, yeah. Right. So if you want to yeah. be just a screenwriter, you're going to have to take a bunch of stuff that you might not be as interested in. So I think that's the upside of of a place like this is no, I I, I don't want to write. I only want to become a cinematographer or learn how to be a cinematographer. You can just take that route. Just. Right. Yeah, do that yourself. Yeah, and then uh, and then once you uh, are a member, you uh, you know you want to volunteer for the organization. Lots of opportunities to do that. But one of the most interesting ways that I don't think a lot of people know about is you can volunteer on somebody else's set. Right. 
Um, so, you know, they need somebody to help with grip and lighting or they need somebody to help with continuity. So you're learning on the job um, and the, your time on set goes towards your volunteer hour requirements That's awesome. here. So two levels of membership. And in order to get to the production level, you need 20 hours of... That's right, yeah. Right. You need 20 hours of uh, a volunteer or, as we like to think, sort of, you know, sort of engagement time. Right, right. However you feel that uh, you're engaging in the organization, giving back to the organization, that maybe just like showing up and taking tickets at the festival or, yeah. you know, slinging beer at Serving the, beer, yeah, in the back yeah. room. Um, or it could be um, something that we haven't even considered. So right. you can say, hey, I... Here's an idea. I get yeah. a few hours for doing this. There's not enough of that. Pitch, pitch, yeah. pitch, pitch us, something. Yeah, yeah. yeah. The, uh, the answer is inevitably going to be, yeah, that sounds cool. As yeah. long as it's related and, and yeah, yeah and, and engagement. Yeah, that's cool. Yeah, so it's, uh, uh, and then that just, you know, the people reinvest back in, I mean, we're, we're a society. We're a nonprofit society. So, right. you know, we thrive on that engagement. Without that, uh, we're not here. Nobody right. will fund us. Uh, we're not really, we don't exist. We're like mythological gods. That unless <laughs> somebody is sacrificing to us, we, we disappear. <laughs> it doesn't work the right. other way around. So. Right. Yeah. So uh, the other the other exciting thing, I think, you know, since you've been around, uh, the, the organization has gone through some exciting changes. And I don't know if, you know, not everybody necessarily knows, but I think the previous space that the CSIF existed in was cool but had some challenges challenges um and you've kind of led the charge in putting us into this new space and i'd love it if you told us all about that and what the bonuses of being here in sun alta are yeah when i came on with the organization there was uh you know one of the uh uh plans with the 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 strategy plan uh was a a new home and a, a bit more of a permanent home uh, the space in community wise i think was a stopgap right yeah. after csif lost their home at the Curry Barracks, um, and it was a uh, you know a crazy expensive wild time in, yeah. in old Calgary for lease space. I remember being one of those asshole members trying to rent something during the move. Oh, <laughs> and they were like, "No, it's not happening." <laughs> so, uh, so we were uh, kind of gifted this uh, this home at dirt cheap rent at um, at Community Wise. Which the community aspect of CSIF, that was a great place sure. to be. So in the Beltline, very easy to get to. Sure, yeah. Not a bad um, location. A great location and a great building and a great cause to be a part of. And it was extremely affordable. So, um, so it, you know. Like refugees living in this. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, totally. Yeah. <laughs> and we could, uh, CSIF could continue to exist. Not yeah. in an ideal space, granted, but, you know. It's kind of a than, temporary place. Better than it. not having a home at all. Right, right, right. Um, and so, uh, when I came on, I mean, you know, I had fresh eyes and fresh energy and I just looked around and thought, you know, I was watching members, you know, walk down a hallway and try and load C-stands. Yeah. Renting gear was a challenge. And, and, yeah. you know, going up and downstairs, there was no place to park. Dealing ever. with downtown parking. Yeah. Downtown yeah. parking. Uh, you know, people were getting ticketed. Some people were getting towed when they <laughs> oh. came in to try and get their gear. And oh, I didn't know like that. Negotiate four different corners and sort of get down a flight of stairs with it. And, and, uh, I just mm. thought. You know, we need a loading bay. Yeah. I mean, that just yeah. seems simple. So um, uh, there was a uh, a group that was uh, looking at uh, one location, I think, when I started, but that was kiboshed by the board as not being appropriate. And so, uh, you know, I just had my bike, and I started looking around and seeing mm. what was available. And we hooked up with a leasing agent, um, and uh, he got some properties together and started, you know, 
just showing. And I like I liked doing that. I liked yeah. sort of going, <laughs> yeah. going, oh, this would be possible. This would be possible. Imagining, yeah, right. what, yeah. what would go in this room. Yeah, yeah. And uh, so when uh, he said, well, there's this place in Sun Alta. And I went, oh, okay. Let's go take a look. So I hopped on my bike and I met uh, uh, the leasing agent here. And uh, this was all wide open. It was a mess. Right. Somebody had sort of bailed in the middle of the night, a locksmith company. Oh, really? So A locksmith was, company? Yeah. <laughs> That's so funny. Um, but it was just like there was debris, there was garbage, there were stains, there, you know, walls were sort of ripped, and it was just like... Just keys everywhere. <laughs> so many keys. Yeah, you don't even and know. I just thought, and locks, but which goes with the way? <laughs> uh, and so we walked through, and it was like, why it was like 5,000 square feet, and I thought, that's way too much for us, but let's look and see. And then we went into the back, and there was a loading door. Right. I thought, okay, it's a loading door, and right there is a big room that would fit all of our equipment. And I just went, okay, those are two things that are going to make this work. Yeah. Um, so these walls right here that we're like, because we're in one of the meeting spaces for, for those yeah. who don't know, in the CSIF, these walls weren't here? They were. These, oh, okay. these four little offices okay, were all okay. here. But that long wall was not. But that not. long, the, the dividing wall was uh, was not. Gotcha. So that's okay. what was that uh, they demised the space and built that wall the entire length of, Got it. of okay. the suite. Because, okay. yeah, I don't know, without these walls, would I have been able to see like... What would what would it be? I, I I would need these rooms to be able to be like okay, this can go here and this can go here. Well, uh, yeah, I don't know I if thought, I would have okay, been. Okay, we could put an editing suite there. Oh, yeah. we, look, we could have a meeting room. That yeah. would be unique for CSIF. Right. Uh, and then uh, I thought the front would be like this open admin area where members could come in, and there's always going to be somebody as soon as the door opens, somebody is there, which we didn't have at the old space. Right. right. Yeah. Yeah. You walk in, in kind of walk into an hello. hello. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And somebody would poke their head out of an office, hey. usually cranky, yeah. going, "Oh, yeah. busy. What?" <laughs> So right. uh, uh, this way is uh, is very sort of open um, and uh, like a visually kind of has an impact when you yeah. open the door and walk in and go, totally. oh, I'm in the right place. I can see film cameras on the wall and, and it's black and white. So it right. must be a film place because <laughs> um, the walls are all white. Everything's white. Um, and it had it that loading bay white. in the back. <laughs> and so when we, uh, I said, okay, this will work. And the other thing we wanted to make sure is that we get our 10-year lease. Right. At least. Um, and there was another place in San Alta further down that uh, was also suitable, had the loading bay and had everything. But uh, you said, no, 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 we're only going to do a five-year lease with you. Mm. I said, no. Hell so, no. <laughs> I said, it's got to be 10. We're not, I don't want to go through this again. So, And he was like, nope, nope, nope. And I said, okay. We'll move on. And what is it? Why? Why is that? Because the market right now, you want to get locked into a. a well, rent. I mean, there's that, uh, and so we benefited from that. We were able to lock in. The rent doesn't go up in ten years right. for us here. Right. Um, uh, but it's more uh, funding. You know, all of our funders right. want to see: Are you? Do you have stability, yeah. long term. Do you have resilience as an gotcha. organization. Right. You know, are you going to be? You know, when the rent goes up in Calgary, which it ultimately will. Yeah. Um, you know, are you going to be faced with a five hundred percent increase? Right that you won't be able to sustain. And so, then you're dead, yeah. Yeah, and then it's like, then you're back in a situation where you're right. in a stopgap sort right. of spot right. waiting for something better to come around. Yeah. Um, so uh, having a 10-year, just sort of all the funders go, oh, okay, right. they've got their shit together. Let's invest. Um, so and tell yeah, us... And so moving is sucks. So <laughs> yeah, it's true. The less you have to do it. Especially better. with all that gear, too. Oh, yeah, yeah all that yeah. gear, yeah. Well, that, that was the that was the other question, is where's all the gear going to go? Because in, in the in the other building, it was in, like, a couple of different rooms, and, yeah, and now there's this beautiful giant space that... 
I don't know if most members will even see, but it's all safe back there and it's got yeah. its own. Yeah. And, and you wouldn't even know that it's all here unless you went into that room. It's got yeah. a separate thing. Yeah. And uh, that was something that I wanted to make sure that we were able to organize and store our gear in a very accessible, easy way. Not to mention that you can pull into the bay and literally you open the door and all the gear is yeah, right there. Two, yeah. feet. two steps away. Yeah. 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 But, so, but an additional layer of security for it, too. Yeah, yeah. yeah and there's yeah. a deadbolt on the door. And, yeah. you know, we only have uh, a production director has a key, and I have a key, and that's it. Right. Um, so, uh, yeah, so it feels as secure as things can be. Mm-hmm. Cool. There. So what else? Tell us about the, the rest of the space. What else could filmmakers find here? Uh, so uh, in that back room uh, where the equipment room and the loading bay is a, is a black box with, you know, 15-foot ceilings. Um, and that is available to borrow, rent, uh, book for a screening, for a read-through of a, <laughs> of a new script, um, for workshops. Uh, auditions. Auditions, right. meeting spaces. Uh, we use it a fair bit. Uh, members rent it for next to nothing to come in and uh, do whatever they want to do. You can shoot in there. It's not very sound-controlled, but uh, you got a lot of visual control. Um mm-hmm. And neutrality, so that works really well. Um, and then working forward from that back room, uh, we have a, uh, a relatively soundproofed or sound insulated uh, suite right. for uh, digital editing. And there's voiceover. A, uh, uh, voiceover. There's a sound booth in there, which we're going to get up and running in the next few months. Right. Um, and then we have uh, an analog editing suite and sort of the analog central where projectors are stored and the Steambeck table is and a transfer station. Um, from Super 8 to digital. That's all in that next right, room. Cool. Got two bathrooms. Nice. Two bathrooms, <laughs> our own, which is really great until you have to clean them. It's like, right. oh, God, Why I miss two? being yeah. a community wise. Somebody else did this. <laughs> we hired cleaners now, so that's okay. Um, and then we have this room that we're sitting in now, which is a uh, like a 10 to 12 person sort of meeting room, boardroom. Uh, we got a sc- digital screen, so you can screen something in here if you want. Uh, people have set up a Super 8 projector in here and Oh, cool. screen their films against the white wall oh, so cool. it's right. uh nice. it's very uh friendly for watching stuff um and then uh then there's a uh, uh my office an executive office which is also we could meet in there uh when somebody wants in clients or i have to have a one-on-one with somebody then we can close the door but it's windowed on two sides so i can still see everything that's going on and everybody can see me um and then we have the front uh, admin area a little kitchenette um, and uh, uh, Risa, our programming director, and Nick, our production director, have their desks right there. So you open the door, and there's a human being greeting you right. immediately. And then a third workstation for a, a volunteer or a student or a contractor. Cool. Some a library of books and videos. Right, and right, DVDs yeah, yeah. And VHS. Awards. Some awards out Some yeah, awards sweet. on the wall. <laughs> some really old uh, projectors and cameras mounted above the desks that look really cool. Yeah, yeah. But I hope. I keep every day I come in and go, oh, that hasn't fallen off. (laughs) (laughs) So it is a, it is an exciting space. I think for a filmmaker to walk into, this is, you know, it's happening right here. And this is, that's good. Yeah. Somebody came and did an interview for Metro magazine. He sat in my office the other day and interviewed me and the piece came out and he said, we met in Barry's modern office. Ooh, <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. Of course it's yeah. modern. It's the yeah. white. It's like 2001 in yeah. here. <laughs> the white room. Yeah. yeah. This room that we're in has been featured in many a project. Oh, has uh, it? And we've only been here about like a year and a <laughs> That's half. That's awesome. That's so funny. Uh, there's uh, the film that won uh, the uh, two awards at our last uh, Artifact Film right, Festival. Right, yes. Shot right here. Yes, very, so, uh, yeah, very white room in it. Yeah. 
collect uh, some sort of commission on. <laughs> yeah, no kidding. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so, give us the nuts and bolts. Like, if you remember, what does it cost to rent this room we're in, or to rent the uh, oh, space? Yeah, not much. Is right. it like uh, I can vouch for that. Yeah, twenty dollars, <laughs> I think, for like a three-hour chunk. I'm not right. sure exactly. Right. It's all on our website, but it is. Uh, it's embarrassingly cheap. Right. Right. Um, so. Uh, you know, I think we, uh, for large organizations, uh, whether they're nonprofit or for-profit, um, we may sort of have an organization rate. So if you want to have a meeting space that's not a hotel downtown, mm-hmm. um, you know, we may up it to like 100, 150 bucks sure. for them. But if you're a member, um, I don't know, what did, what did you guys rent the back room out? I think it was 40 for the evening. Yeah. Yeah. So 40 bucks, you great. know, all yeah. in and you're there and. So uh, this room that we're in is probably closer to twenty, right? I would bet. Cool. Um, yeah, that seems right because we yeah. we did our little orientation there. I think oh, it was yeah, twenty bucks. Right. Yeah, yeah, for, that was 20, for yeah. three hours yeah. or something like that. Yeah. Yeah. So, why should I become a member if I'm not already, which I am? But, uh, well, um, uh, if you are uh, curious, if you are committed, if you are, um, in any way, shape, or form, I think you know. If you like the idea of film, period, mm-hmm. I don't care if you stay at home and, and stream Netflix or go to, uh, uh, you know, the Calgary Underground Film Festival, that starts somewhere. The right. movies that we have all grown up, the movies we still love to watch, they start somewhere. Filmmakers have to start somewhere. And this is the place for Calgary. So if you're a filmmaker, it's a no-brainer. You should be here, uh, even if you're like a a filmmaker by a different definition like myself. Right, right. This is uh, a place that you should be a part of. Because of all that, yeah, it's, even if you're not engaging in ro- rolling a camera necessarily, yeah. still screenings and networking events and, and all sorts of film-related activity, there's, you know, I, I think it's too bad, and I think I understand why, but I, th- I think it's too bad that, you know, the local theater community in Edmonton and Calgary has patrons and people who are, you know, this is what I'm into. I'm into the local actors the yeah. local theater scene that's not really a thing in film and i and i and i get why i think but if you are interested in in the arts that go on in your town this is this is the place to be yeah yeah and i i you know my vision is that csif becomes a a relevant organization for the city um by the city i mean the citizens of calgary right right and uh and again if you are a uh a, a, a lover of, of movies then you should know that we exist. Yeah. Right. That, totally. You know, filmmakers are, are films are being made. It's, it, it begins here. Mm-hmm. Um, and that is to me that, you know, you don't necessarily have to have a membership. You don't, you would never ever contemplate doing anything related to filmmaking in your life. But my goal is that, you know, it's here mm-hmm. and that, you know, the city is better because it is here. Um, you know, I think the zoo exists that way for many people. They may right. never go, they but they go, I like having a city, I like living in a city that has this. Right. And that's what CSIF is for Calgary. So uh, the more that we can sort of become uh, something that is recognized and identified, um, some of those people will join. That'd be great. Right. Many of them uh, won't, and that's okay too. But, you know, the more that know about us, the more... Uh, more we survive and, and the longer we'll survive right. um, as uh, a, a thing that this city has had for 40 years and yeah and should have for 40 more totally and then once you are aware of that then you can go oh my god look at all the incredible things that are being done 
look at the uh, the outreach, the students, the uh, the work with indigenous communities, the um, uh, the film festival, the member screenings. Mm-hmm. All of that is just cool factor, um, and it makes Calgary a better place to live. Totally, I yeah. completely agree. I remember when I first walked into the CSAF, it was back when it was in the barracks, um, and I had already graduated from SATE. And I walked in and I felt like an imposter, mm. which I know is an absolutely very common thing, especially in this industry. So uh, put my mind at ease if I'm scared to come here. I felt like an imposter when I walked in <laughs> yeah. running the place. And right. that feeling lasted for a long time. I think that's a healthy feeling because it uh, it is a guard against complacency and arrogance. Mm-hmm. Right. Right. Um, I mean, we're all role-playing. We're all uh, uh, sort of stepping into new shoes and new skins when we're doing something like this. Sure. Um, so, yeah, you, I, I, I don't think it's a bad thing to have that imposter syndrome, but you'll be amongst many imposters. Right. <laughs> and there is a kindred spirit of, I'm not really a filmmaker, but but, but as you just said, well, yeah, you are. Yeah, you are. Because, yeah. I mean, yeah. listen to me, right? Like, yeah. I'm not a filmmaker. You go, well, look at all the stuff you've done. Yeah. I go, okay, yeah, I guess so. Um because you, it, this just being here, the nature of the organization will challenge what your definitions are, and um, you know if you are just uh, curious, that is that is qualification enough. Mm-hmm. And there's going to be a lot of people like you. Uh, totally, I, I, Robert Cuffley, who teaches directing on occasion here, uh, I know he he felt the same way when he was starting out. He he was a victim of imposter syndrome. I know, I think a lot of people do. But like you say, it is it is maybe a healthy thing. Yeah, to avoid being an arrogant asshole sometimes. Yeah, yeah I, you know, I mean, me personally, am, am I a big fan of like experimental films on celluloid? Right. No. Right. I can appreciate what goes into it, and I can do everything I can to make sure that there's a, a you know a, an audience for it and a funding for it. But you know, uh, like, I don't geek out over it. Right. I'm you know I love narrative. I love yeah. uh, a good story well told for on sure. film, and I'll sure. watch that uh, over and over and over again. And there's some people who go. Oh, that's just so Hollywood. Right, that's right. Just so <laughs> yeah, 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 of course. Like yeah. boring, boring, boring. And, and all fine. are welcome here. Yeah, yeah, and it's like, yeah, okay. Well, you yeah. you make what you make, and and I'll watch what I watch. Right. And uh, you know, my job uh, is to ensure that those doors are open for everybody, right. uh, and that you know we we don't censor anything and we don't adjudicate anything. Uh, you know, you can come and make whatever film you want here. Right. Um, you don't have to sort of submit a. Uh, it doesn't have to be approved. If, uh, you know, and that's, that's your business. We're just here to facilitate whatever it is you want to do. Um, so if you want to make a film about being an imposter, you, you this is the place <laughs> to do it. Do now, yeah. yeah. Uh, and, and not to mention just the other, the, you, you get a membership card when you're a member and you get a series of cool. discounts at a bunch of different places. And, yeah. uh, and, and so yes, become a member if you're not already a member, I would, I would say. Yeah. Uh, I'm forgetting where I, I was going to ask something else and I'm totally blanking. Um, Ask, see if the imposter has any questions. <laughs> yeah, well, you see, I just want to harp on that imposter thing. No, no. Um, uh, well, I mean, we, we haven't really discussed too much the, the tiers of, of membership. So the associate membership um, is kind of that baseline yep. thing. And then 20 hours of, of engagement with the organization gets you that production level membership, which is even better than the discounts at these stores, right? Like you get, like, even just equipment rentals, the, the, production rates are mind-boggling like give it away yeah basically you're giving it away <laughs> yeah. um 
I, I still look at that rate sheet and I sh- shake my head wondering how how this can yeah, be possible. Yeah, and 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 thank goodness for the CSIF doing that here and Fava doing it in Edmonton and and the other organizations that have just decided to you know bear the risk of you know some of the insurance challenges that come up and and just be the go between and say you know we're going to be the ones who take the risk here you know something things have gotten stolen but but csf is here for that that's the they're the buffer mm. for that and so i i don't know what would happen without it you know it's uh, a lot of careers wouldn't have gotten started more you know i find out more all the time that yeah. like oh yeah that person was a was a was a CSIF member. They, you know, David Winning is an example. He went on to direct, co-direct the one of the Power Rangers movies back in the '90s. Like, that's that's a big deal. Like, so there's some there's some cool members in the in the mm-hmm. in the history here. The other thing I, I'm remembering now is as we're speaking, we're kind of at the end of the Telefilm micro budget round this mm-hmm. this year around, um, and I and I I think it's a good idea for people to become a member now if you're not already because next year's. Uh, round requires you to be a member for... Yeah, CSIF is one of the uh, partner organizations with Telefilm, right. and the now called Talent to Watch right. program. So in order to be uh, considered for funding from Telefilm, you have to apply through a partner org uh, across the country. Right. So CSIF is that for Southern Alberta. And you can't just sign up and say... Yeah, okay, so... <laughs> uh, and uh, each organization has some leeway into what their requirements are. Right. For you to sort of go through the first round of, of uh, submission. And one of our requirements is that uh, uh, at least one of the three key um, players on the project, a writer, producer, director, has to be a production member of CSIF in good standing. And in good standing means that you've been a production member for at least six months. Okay. Prior to submitting your application, so do it now if you're. So yeah, if, you're, if yeah. you uh, and every year we get, oh, I really want to do this, and I, but you know, can I get, can I buy my production membership now? <laughs> right, right. I've been associate member for a year and a half. Yeah, and you yeah. go, well, um, it's it's a hard conversation to have sometimes, yeah, of but uh, you know, we are looking out for our members. So course, if you've yeah. invested back as a production member and you volunteered, and you know, the production members, it's not just the greater discounts and everything, but. It's like you're sort of the inner circle of what's what keeping CSIF alive, right? Um, and we want to make sure that we are providing as much for you uh, as we can. And one of those things is that you know it comes with some privileges. And one of those privileges is, yeah, we will consider you invested enough in your career as a filmmaker and in this organization that we would put you forward as a viable um, candidate for for this national funding program. So yeah, I mean, if you're planning on applying next year, just become a member now. Why why wouldn't you? Yeah, become a member now and get your and, hours in, and, and yeah, and you'll you'll be that much better of the yeah. Uh, of the yeah not to mention pick up some now. workshops on the way, and yeah, yeah the, that all adds to your resume for sure. Yeah. yeah. So what else? Anything we haven't covered about the CSIF that we should? I, sure I feel we... like we should talk about the Yahoo Group. Oh right, of course. Um, which was one of the kind of the the strongest tools of the CSF for a long time, and it survived beyond I think even Yahoo. <laughs> right. yeah, somehow, um, I don't yeah, know if Yahoo's gone, still in business, still but this Yahoo group so define Yahoo. I don't. It's like <laughs> that means something different in Calgary. Yeah. <laughs> Ten days in July. It's like Google's weird uncle. Um, yeah, so that used to be a nice kind of resource for uh, all filmmakers in Calgary, and for some reason it it this group had legs. Um, it was challenging because you had to get a Yahoo account to sign up for it, but yeah, it, was a great, it was a great place for a, like a message board and to, you know, post um, volunteer opportunities or, you know, I'm looking for a makeup artist. I'm looking for cast. I'm looking for I'm a selling, producer. I'm selling I'm this. Selling this. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Or I've got this event coming up. 
uh, take it from here. Yeah. And so, um, the, the group grew to, to you know, we used it when we were, yeah, we when we were it. starting out with our little short films and, uh, we would put casting calls out there and look for crew and, uh, and it, you don't have to be a member. You didn't, and you still don't have to be a member to, to be approved to, to join it. Um, but it grew to be like over a thousand right. uh, members, which is, which is kind of cool. Um, and so that's power to, to be able to blast out a message mm-hmm. to, to a lot of people. And to its credit, I think, I think, I think one ad went out some, somehow somebody got through and, and sent out an ad that was a, that was somewhat relevant, but still it was, it was an ad, but to, for, I don't think that, that it happened once except uh, yeah. for that one it time. It never felt like spam at all. Yeah. Me. Yeah. So it was all relevant stuff, which is very cool. Um, so now as, uh, you know, as, as one of the initiatives of, of the new co- uh, committee, the membership experience committee, um, you know, that Yahoo group felt very stale and, and hard to get into and, and it actually wasn't really being used as much anymore over the last couple of years. It seemed like it really dropped off. So, um, so we've replaced that with the CSIF Slack group, which, uh, I recommended on the podcast, uh, recently. Um, and it's a similar idea. You still need to get approved, but, uh, but as of today, we're banking this episode, so I'm not sure when it'll air, but, but it's only been available for a week and over a hundred members or a hundred filmmakers, I should say, uh, have signed up, which is way more than I expected. So that's great. That's very good. There's a a great adoption. Yeah. So, so now the question is, are are filmmakers going to really use it and get their posts up there? So, um, so that's the challenge now, but we'll, uh, we'll see how that goes. So that's the new place. That's the new, it's, yeah, it's a great way to connect with the film community in Calgary. Yeah. And you don't have to be a member to join. And, and yeah, that's how you, that's a great way to get the word out about your film, about your, your camera, whatever it is you, or or find a camera that you're trying to find. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. And it's also a a good way for us to communicate with our members. Right. Exactly. A much more efficient way than straight on email. Totally. Right. You don't have to put a hole. Right. Yeah. And, uh, you know, members working on other members' films. Right. There was never yeah. really a forum to actually do that. Right. 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 Yeah. But this is like, you know, we're shooting these dates. We need these people. Yeah. Sign up. Yeah. And so. it's and you can see who's online and you can have a conversation about it right there as opposed to like with email where somebody might have blasted it out and yeah, you get a few right. responses and yeah. yeah, you can actually start chatting right there. And yeah. Email's like the new snail mail. <laughs> That's right. Yeah. <laughs> I love it. And now I feel I'm starting to feel old because of that. <laughs> yeah. Something yeah. to remember about this Slack group though, is that it's, it's not a place to keep conversations. It, I, I wouldn't recommend using it as like a, like a chat. Like, yeah, yeah. Don't store files there. You can transfer files, but eventually they'll disappear because it's a, it's a free thing and there's only so much storage. So don't, don't use it as your primary communication right. tool. Go make your film the, nor- the way you would normally communicate. So yeah, it's a great way to connect, but don't, uh, yeah, do your, you can, but it's just, it just won't be safe if you're looking if you're looking for it maybe months later to be to right, search for it. Yeah, yeah. Maybe gone. Yeah. yeah, but uh, that's kind of the only downside that that I can think of so far. And and hopefully soon we're gonna have you Barry doing uh, like some live Q and A stuff with the members, and maybe we can hold oh. some events cool. <laughs> type cool. there. Um, so uh, I, better, I better find out how much the rooms are rented for. <laughs> <laughs> Everything's ten bucks. Ten bucks. Ten, ten bucks. bucks. What? Ten buck Barry. Yeah. All right. Well, thank you so much. That was great. Yeah. Appreciate it. Yeah, pleasure. Thanks. Alrighty. All right. Thanks, Barry. Yes, thank you. That was uh, that was fun. So, um, you know, you've you've got all the info. If you're not a member, why? What's uh, wh- why? What's stopping you? Yeah. Tweet us. Tweet us. Tweet us. Why? I would love to know. Actually. <laughs> yeah. 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 yeah as board members, it, you know, we yeah we genuinely uh, would like to know that. Yeah. I mean, you know, we don't we we can't really take offense to it either. Like, um, the CSIF has has gone through ebbs and flows of of you know, people wanting to be members uh, and, and 
the reason why they're members uh, has changed. Uh, it ch- continues to change all the time. Right. So we always love to hear that kind of feedback. It's totally. like, you know what? I don't like it because of this. Or I am a member because I love, you know, the equipment rentals or whatever it is. We, you know, yeah, information could, is power in this world. We so. get to know, yeah. yeah. All right, let's jump into the news you can use. Brought to you by Bleeding Art Industries. Uh, and every week they send us their hot tip of the week, which you can also find on their website. Um, and this one is a heads up about the evolution of stop motion animation as a contemporary art form. Wes Anderson's stop-motion film Isle of Dogs not only opened the Berlinale Film Festival in March, uh, a first in their 68-year history. He also won for Best Director. Despite this recognition, critics are struggling with the fact that the, age, uh, the age-old art form of stop-motion animation has, rapidly, has a rapidly growing adult audience. Uh, right, yeah, it's not just a cartoon. For, for sure, yeah. yeah. The unique and uh, uh, authentic visuals created by stop motion are very effective. Are a very effective counterpoint to the ubiquitous CG and often often have more emotional resonance. It's exciting that we're moving away from the assumption that filmmaking for adult audiences is live only, uh, live action only. Uh, right. That was the worst read of my entire life, but I think you get the. Point. I think you get the point. <laughs> um, uh, and and what they what they what bleeding art has not mentioned here. Um, but I, but I want to bring up on their behalf is that they are big into the stop motion game. They had Skeleton right, Girl, course. which yeah, was yeah, like yeah. 3D they stop do some motion. Amazing project. stuff, yeah. And yeah. actually, I don't know for a fact, but I went to uh, Late Night at the Plaza this week, this past week, and uh, I saw a film called um, The Legend of the Bunny Phantom, right, yeah. which blew me away. It looks so good. And I don't know, like, I genuinely don't know. I hope I'm not being dumb, but I don't know how much of it was stop motion animation or how much of it was like just CG animation. Right. Like there's definitely, I'm, I'm fairly certain like facial expressions are, are CG, but, but it could have been that the action and the movement was all stop motion. I'm not, I'm not certain, but right. Uh, what a great film. Like it, that movie looked amazing. It's, so. it's incredible. There was, um, I was on the plane to LA and there was a story hive collection. Oh, cool. Uh, which I, which I made sure to press play Holy on. Shit, that's awesome. Yeah. And there was, there was a, a stop motion thing called soggy flakes. Oh, okay. Um, I actually don't know. Oh, it was made in, in BC, huh. uh, five minutes long. And, uh, it's about these kind of breakfast cereal characters uh, in this restaurant. And uh, damn, it was incredible. Yeah, good. Yeah, like so good. And Sweet. and yeah, stop motion. And they did a fantastic job. So Very cool. Um, but yeah, Bleeding Art, uh, I, I would say is one of, if not the Alberta kind of authority on stop motion. Yeah, I mean them and Quick Draw. I yeah, guess Quick, Quick Draw, Draw for sure, of course. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Uh, the Animation Society here. Um, and I recommended them for to a student uh, who, was, who saw me mm. speak at uh, the Dust Up earlier uh, last year and he said I'm, i like stop motion animation i said talk to bleeding art they're the, they're the people you want to cool, talk to so cool. if that's something that's interesting to you yeah yeah and I, and I really want to see isle of dogs it looks awesome yeah absolutely um so let's jump into it uh upcoming deadlines um this is one that comes up every three months or so the uh luma call for submissions so if you're if you're uh, interested in writing or creating a piece of uh um, you know text or digital media um, this is a great place for you, assuming that it's about, uh, you know, filmmaking film, um, some of the more, uh, essay kind of film creation stuff. Um, but, uh, yeah. So if, if you've got something that you're interested in, uh, writing, uh, about for Luma, which is a, a digital kind of online magazine, um, if you, if you haven't heard of it, of it, um, you should check out lumaquarterly.com slash submissions. Um, and they're always looking for, you know, like quality, uh, quality pieces of writing and, and it is paid. Um, so, uh, check it out. The deadline to submit is April 10th. There is a, uh, practicum opportunity <clears throat> for a video position at the Banff center. Uh, you'll be working closely with media and production staff 
uh, and you will assist with a variety of projects from inception and development through to completion and delivery. Um, <clears throat> if you have a keen interest in the craft of filmmaking and a willingness to learn and a desire to broaden your experience, uh, they would love to hear from you. Um, there are a few things that you kind of need to know, um, but obviously not too much. You know, it is a practical position. Uh, you should have kind of a basic understanding of, of lighting, um, be familiar with uh, some some HD cameras, uh, DSLRs, etc. cetera. Uh, and the application deadline for that is coming up uh, pretty soon here. It's on April 11th. Uh, the practicum will take place from June 2018 to May, uh, end of May 2019. So it's a full year thing. Uh, there is a link to the application in the show notes. Uh, what a, what an amazing learning experience that would be. Oh, yeah, no yeah. doubt. That comes up, uh, is it yearly? I think? It must be, is yeah. It? Um, and it, and it sounds like such a great opportunity. Um, yeah, very cool. Uh, so, uh, the talent to watch, uh, deadlines have passed for your partner organizations. And, uh, just to kind of update you the, you know, the April 16th to 23rd window for telephone, that's when those partner organizations need to have their recommendations in by. So if you've submitted to your partner organization, um, uh, they are probably deliberating right now and, and uh, we'll get back to you shortly because they've got a report to, or, or recommend by, uh, I guess, April 23rd at the latest. So um, good to know uh, if you're moving forward or not fairly quickly. Um, and uh, good luck to everyone who submitted. Yeah, absolutely. We, we really look forward to seeing uh, what comes out this year. Yeah. Uh, the YMM Film Festival, which is the, uh, the Fort McMurray Film Festival, uh, has a call for submissions now open. Uh, the regular deadline's coming up at the end of April, April 30th, and then the late deadline will be May 21st. Um, this is a cool festival run by some some great friends. Um, and each year, not only uh, on top of the festival, they have a 48-hour film challenge where filmmakers have 48 hours to write, direct, and edit a short film uh, that contains specific unique elements that kind of prove that you know you, you didn't make it before the weekend started. Um, but what's cool about these guys is that they're, uh, guys and girls, I should say, they're constantly looking for collaboration and feedback when it comes to the festival. So if you have any comments, ideas, or suggestions on top of your submission, or you just kind of want to work with them or, you know, participate in the festival in any way, uh, you can contact them uh, through their website, www.ymmiff, as in YMM International Film Festival.com. Uh, yeah, and I encourage you to reach out because they're, they're really passionate uh, people who can just kind of make stuff happen uh, and really good people, so... Totally. Yeah. I'm, I'm always impressed with, you know, they, they didn't have a, a FAVA or a CSIF, so they made, they made one. They, they didn't have one. a film festival, so they made exactly, one. Exactly. Yeah. They're, they're a pretty cool group of uh, creators up there. Yeah. For sure. Uh, so the, uh, the Banff World Media Festival is fast approaching and those tickets ain't cheap. No. <laughs> we know this firsthand, no. of course. Uh, you know, the tickets, the accommodation, the travel, the food, it's all, uh, fairly expensive. And so it would certainly help if you could get yourself uh, a fellowship or some sort of, um, grant to attend. And there are a few, uh, available. Uh, the one in particular that I'm talking about now is the Tell Story Hive, uh, Banff Fellowship Program, it's called, and the deadline to apply is April 29th, uh, by 5 p.m. Eastern time. And um, this is for Alberta and BC uh, TV producers. They're looking for uh, people who want to sharpen their edge and develop new connections with key domestic and international production partners. And there is a golden opportunity to receive this uh, funding uh, funding grant uh, to to attend. So if you are selected, you receive a full Banff registration, including admission to all sessions, feature interviews and screenings, plus all official festival social events, uh, three nights accommodation, a travel stipend, and market preparation support in conjunction with the National Screen Institute. Now, that last one is kind of what sets this apart. I, I mean, completely agree. Yes, you can give somebody money to go, but uh, I mean, 
to help them actually succeed while they're there. Totally. That's that's the yeah. Start them early thing. to know how to prepare and what for sure. what they should be doing for sure. Fuck, we got to go to Banff this year, don't we? <laughs> yeah, we do. Ah, uh, it's so expensive. It is expensive. Yeah, I'm <sighs> gonna apply. I'm I'm gonna apply. Yeah, you should apply. Yeah, to to all. Of, there's a couple of them. There's so a few. Guys, yeah. yeah. So um, yeah. Yeah. If you want to know more, uh, we don't have them in the news, but but reach out to us and we'll, we'll let you know what, yeah, what the other sure. ones are. Um, some upcoming events, the, uh, the Rosie awards, which is this the Alberta is film and television awards. Yeah. yeah. The nominees are set to be announced very soon. Yes. Uh, specifically on April 17th. And you can actually attend these announcements if you want, uh, whether you're in Calgary or Edmonton, they happen simultaneously at 1 PM. Uh, and in, uh, in Calgary, it's at the Telus convention center. Uh, and in Edmonton, it's, uh, at the Metro cinema, uh, and tickets are now available um, for the gala, which is happening on May 12th uh, this year in Calgary at the Hyatt Regency. So um, buy your ticket. Uh, also expensive, but um, not uh, not too expensive. This is you know one of the big fundraising events for Ampia in their right. year, yeah. and it helps yeah. them kind of run all year. So. Um, yeah, you know, that's something that they they're not super upfront about. No, they but, don't really uh, talk about it. But <laughs> but I think there's a misconception about about it being this this horrible um, like a money grab, yeah, or, money grab yeah, or paywall thing, right? And and we have to keep in mind that Ampia does a lot of cool stuff for filmmakers year round, and they need to be funded. And this is this is one of the main ways they do it. Yeah, so. absolutely. So you know, attending the awards um, is not only great support for your local industry, but it is support for an organization that supports. Uh, the local industry and it's a great networking event and uh, we will be there for show. So yeah, uh, have a beer with us. Totally. Uh, We've been talking about it and it's fast approaching the Fava Fest um, uh, five day event. Um, And it is, uh, there's a lot of different things happening, including, you know, very, some very cool screenings, some awards, uh, I think maybe some workshops and speakers. Uh, There's so much going on with five different nights of, uh, of activities. Uh, the one that I'm really interested in is, uh, the screening of, uh, I, I don't want to mess up the title. Uh, where is it? Hang on audience. Gun. We're Googling. I know gun is in the title. Yeah, here we go. Two brothers, a girl and a gun. I, I was going to get it wrong. I was going to say two guys, a girl and a gun. Whoops. This is Sean Johnston's movie from what year was it? It's the 25th anniversary screening. So, oh, cool. So this is an, this is an old movie from our friend, uh, Sean Johnston who, uh, uh, is going to be in attendance that night for a Q&A. Uh, that event is happening on the Friday. Like I said, five nights, but the, the main event is sort of the Saturday night uh, gala awards night. So it sounds like a blast. Um, so uh, check that out, and you can find out more at fava.ca. So listen up. There's a documentary that's now available on the documentary channel that was made uh, right here in Alberta. Oh, cool. Um, called No Roads In. Uh, it was made by Lemonade Pictures. Uh, and it's about uh, it's it follows the musical journey of singer songwriter Blake Reed, his band, and the sound engineer Adam Nogler, who who is an Ampia member. Uh, we know Adam, right? Yeah, we've met him a couple times. Yeah, I think yeah. we have. Um, and it's their journey as they achieve recording magic in an abandoned prairie homestead. Uh, this was nominated for nine uh, Alberta Film and Television Awards uh, last year, uh, and you can check it out um, at cbc.ca/documentarychannel/docs slash no dash roads dash in uh, and of course one great way to support the industry is to watch the stuff that we make so right that um, does help yeah go go to that url or find it in the show notes and uh check it out awesome uh upcoming workshops uh and classes happening uh we've mentioned this one before creating a culture of consent presented by uh the alberta music uh and the alberta media arts alliance society amas 
happening April 10th, 6.30 p.m. at the Calgary Sexual Health Center. Uh, I believe registration is free, um, and you can find out more at amass.ca slash webinars. There is also a workshop coming up called Shooting on Film. The deadline to register for this workshop is like today, I think, if it's Monday and you're hearing this. Ah, uh, yes. Uh, this will be taught by uh, none other than Phil Letourneau, who is uh, the godfather of film in Calgary. The legend. Yeah, and he'll teach you all about shooting uh, on motion picture celluloid film, uh, 16 millimeter and Super 8 cameras, um, and, and film stocks and lighting for film and all that stuff. So uh, definitely something to take if you're into that kind of thing. Uh it's happening on Saturday, April 14th from 10 a.m. to 5 p.m. Uh, and you can find out more at csaf.org slash workshops. Who better to teach a workshop about color grading than the guy who graded our movie? I, I can't think of anyone. <laughs> He's the Among best. Among many, many other films, uh, Brendan Rathbone has uh, has a huge track record now in, in color grading. He's amazing at it. God, he's so it's good. very cool to watch him work. Yeah. Uh, and that's what you get to do on this color grading indie film with DaVinci Resolve intro uh, course with Brendan Rathbone. This is also happening through the CSIF Saturday, April 21st and Sunday, April 22nd, 1 p.m. to 5 p.m. Both days, $90 for members, $130 for non-members. Uh, check it out. The deadline to uh, sign up is April 16th. I'm, I'm kind of, I'm sad that I'm missing this one because this is one that I would legit love to attend. Just, yeah, yeah. We, we got to sit in the room while he was grading and yeah. just watch him use this software. Yeah. It's, uh, it's it's magic to me. Even even if you're not at all interested in color grading, to know what the capabilities exactly. are as a filmmaker is exactly. really, it's really good yeah. to know. Yeah. yeah, to know what you can do um, is just another tool for your uh, your toolkit. Absolutely. So definitely something to check out even if you don't want to get into color grading. Um, <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, there's another set etiquette and protocol course coming up uh, being brought to you by IATSE 212. Uh, so if you're unfamiliar with what this is, it's a workshop that you must attend if you want to get on a union film set as you know, if you're starting out and you want to be a PA. Uh, and it's, uh, just a one day, you know, it's like, I think it's like four hours or five hours. Oh, it's only three hours, uh, that will show you kind of what the, what it is like to be on a film set. And you know, the, the one one of what you do when you arrive for your first day and, and, and who you talk to and who you don't talk to, uh, and that kind of stuff. So, um, this next one is happening on April 28th, uh, at 11 AM. It goes from 11 to two, uh, being taught by Gail Kennedy, uh, at IATSE's offices, which is kind of down by Chinook in Calgary. Uh, 208.57th Ave. It's only 40 bucks, um, and you can find out more at uh, iatse212.com or click on the link in the show notes. Awesome. So uh, what's shooting? We've got Winona Earp Season 3. I was over at the Film Center uh, a couple days ago and uh, saw the, the Tin Star trucks and trailers and things. Awesome. They're all uh, shooting. Of course, they're shooting Season 2 there. And uh, Spencer Esterbrooks, our very first guest on the podcast ever. Uh, shooting his one-hit die, uh, the Devouring Dungeon uh, web series. I think that's season three or his third incarnation yeah, of, uh, yeah. of one-hit die, which is very cool. I saw a picture of them shooting it. Did you see that? <laughs> yeah, it like yeah. I've seen dungeon. some. Yeah, yeah. It was like incredible. Amazing costumes, amazing sets. It's very cool. Um, there's also this rumored production coming to Alberta. Yeah, that what I, is this? I, 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 that Iatsi's warning They're their like, members. We're like, about to get really yeah, busy. Yeah, yeah. Like, so I, I'm Something's coming, looking I forward to hearing what that is. Yeah, for sure. Uh, what is happening in the job calls? Uh, there is a digital production assistant uh, job opening uh, in Edmonton for Jim Pattison Broadcast Group, which is Canada's uh, largest Western-based radio and television company. Uh, so you can join as a digital production assistant. It is a full-time uh, position. Uh, you will be responsible for creating, editing, and posting high-level quality videos to um, 102.3 Now Radio and Up 99.3 Radio websites and social media which is so smart radio, you know, 
I don't think radio is going to die, but but to get into video is, is um, really, really smart for them. So this is a cool position. Yeah. Uh, you kind of need to know how to shoot and edit uh, video. Um, you need to have some Photoshop experience, some audio editing experience, but above all, a positive and friendly attitude. Nice. Yeah, so you can send your resume uh, to uh, j.stone at jpbg.ca, and the deadline to sign up is uh, April 10th. There are a few more things that you need to know. Uh, before you just send a resume, you got to fill out a little form. So uh, check out jpbroadcast.com and follow the career links to find out more. Fantastic. And uh, an, another uh, job posting happening in Edmonton, a bureau producer at Accessible Media. Um, they are looking for a producer uh, for their Edmonton bureau, an individual who will fill the role to be cre- a creative storyteller, an innovative thinker, and a team player. Uh, and you're going to be producing uh, segments for AMI's original flagship show, AMI This Week. And uh, some of their other uh, special assignments. Uh, you're also going to lead uh, the production team throughout the entire production process. Um, and, of course, coordinate and schedule the logistical requirements for uh, creating these segments. Um, among many other things. Sounds like kind of a cool uh, job. Yeah, it's something a little bit different. I don't really know what Accessible Media Inc. is, but uh, that sounds like something to check out for sure. For sure. Link in the show notes for that. Uh, okay, well, that's it. That's all. Let's. Uh, what do you recommend for the week, Matt? Yeah, we, I, I'm going to recommend A Quiet Place, uh, which uh, hopefully many people have already seen by the time they hear this because it was, it's great, and I'm sure it's going to do well this weekend. I think I, I think I... Are you banking on it? I think I am in the, in the movie league. Um, but uh, it is, it, it's, it's, it's exciting to see a film that is, that is a unique... Like I'd love to read the script because the there are, there are probably right. you could count on your hand the p- number right the pieces of dialogue. It is virtually a silent film, and uh, and that's crazy that that it's a it's a Hollywood film, but it has a great reason for it, and that's um, that's part of what I love so much about it is the reasoning, the rules, the the, the world they've created um, is very very smart. Now it's not without. Uh, a couple of nits that I would pick, but I don't. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna go into that. Right. Overall, it's very, uh, very interesting and just super tense and and scary. And and anytime there's uh, a monster, <laughs> anytime there's a monster, uh, I want to know what the rules of the monster are. Right. And then if you like, Walking Dead is the worst about this. Like, oh, the, do like, they change the rules all the time, dude? Like, like zombies are the loudest creatures when they're like, oh, they're coming. We can hear them. Oh, but then, but they then sneak of course up on you. they're right behind you right. all the time. It's like constant stuff like that. Just it takes me out of it right it's like it's like right, okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah it's convenient that that worked out because yeah anyway but yeah you, you start to see it as a as a story device rather right, than right. something that feels kind of natural yeah so if you have this supernatural force of some sort set the rules and just obey your own rules that you've created and that for some reason that, that, yeah yeah very well yeah, yeah this, very did john well. krasinski write it too he he wrote the screenplay uh he two other people wrote the story oh okay so it's yeah. based on other it material. wasn't a book but i think i think they grew up together i think oh, okay, yeah cool. so um he directed it and he cast his wife as his wife in in the movie that he stars in as well so uh kind of a risk like when you hear think that on paper that sounds like okay this is this is kind yeah, of well, a, but emily blunt though is yeah is, of course yeah, this emily is true. Blunt, yeah this yeah. is true uh and it, i think it worked out fantastically well so cool. good for him and i think it's his directorial debut as well i, I believe yeah, i haven't heard of him directing anything else yeah but, so yeah. for a first feature it's a bit better than in plain view i think right just a little bit five percent better <laughs> yeah <laughs> Uh, I'm going to recommend a, a viewing as well. Um, I just got f- caught up finally on Schitt's Creek. Oh, okay. Um, you can watch the first three seasons on Netflix and you can watch the fourth season for free on the CBC app um, without commercials, which is awesome. And uh, Did we damn. talk about um, Kim's Convenience coming yeah, to Netflix I, I, as well? I brought I it up we... a couple times. Oh, I, don't okay, know if, I think I might have recommended it once, but 
man, it's like, I'm so pleased with Canadian television. Yeah, yeah. The, I mean, like, you know, we grew up not not having much, right? Or not loving it. And, you know, Corner well, Gas was kind of like, oh, Corner Gas. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, and no, and to be honest, like, I remember when um, uh, the, oh, I'm forgetting his name. This hour has 22 minutes guy. Rick Mercer um, was trying to crack the uh, Canadian sitcom right. nut. And it, and it, and he had a couple. And I think one was was fairly successful, but overall, none of them really seemed to bro- break through right. in the way that Corner Gas finally did. And yeah. now it does seem like Canadian sitcoms are a thing. Yeah, and 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 Schitt's Creek is definitely one of those. It's 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 exceptional comedy. Um, they they treat sexuality in, in a really mature and mm. and uh, great way. Um, the acting's fantastic, uh, and uh, it's it's just super funny. Sweet, yeah, cool. know, classic, yeah. I've been meaning to watch here. it. it, it and it's and it's always good to see like man, there's there's like shits billboards everywhere yeah, for, yeah, Canadian yeah. for Canadian shows. People. With, yeah, 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 right on. Like well, I've met Dan Levy. It's kind of it's kind of weird. Yeah. So, uh, cool, man. Uh, well, that's it. That's all. That's thanks, it. Yeah. Thanks as always uh, to Briar for pulling the news together for us. Um, yes. To Chad Blaine for the music uh, that takes us in and out of this show. For Britt for doing uh, all the design and the artwork for us, and of course for Seth for uh, cutting this all together. Hi, Seth. The best he is the best <laughs> um yeah obviously you know there's a team behind this podcast uh and it couldn't happen without uh, any one of them so uh but there's also a team listening mm-hmm. and that's the alberta filmmaker community and that's who this podcast is for and if you've got something that you'd like us to share about your world or maybe you've got auditions happening or or or, or, or something we, we you know please don't hesitate to reach out um you know we'd love to hear about what's going on in in your communities uh uh, or your project. So let us know. Uh, we'd love to share it. You can reach out to us at hello at abfilmcast.ca. And we're on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, SoundCloud at abfilmcast. And of course, please subscribe uh, on iTunes if you haven't already. And it helps if you give us those sweet five star ratings. I love those five star ratings. <laughs> and one final message from our sponsor, APA. Uh, and after you listen to that, go, go make something. The Alberta Filmmakers Podcast is proudly sponsored by APA, the Alberta Post-Production Association. APA represents technical and creative professionals working behind the scenes in editing, sound, and visual effects. Our members live here in Alberta and support producers with expertise in picture editing, color grading, graphic design, compositing, audio post, music scoring, and so much more. For more information about post-production, visit APA online at albertapost.org.